Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome to the On The Box Podcast, the television show podcast on the Anfield Index Podcast channel. And this is the Game of Thrones series. It's still going weekly. Uh, we're on see, episode 5 of season 7. Not as fiery as last week, but still some fire in this one. And I've got two brilliant guests again with me. Uh, I've got the co-host of the AI Comic Pod. is Mrs. Stu. Stu Britson. How are you doing, Stu? You okay? I nearly made you into Stu. <laughs> Stu. Yeah, let, let's not go all American. I'm, I'm really good, mate. I've literally just finished watching it oh, a few raw. minutes ago. You're going to be raw, so, then, which is good. It's very raw, very fresh in the mind. Excellent. I've also got Mr. Alternative Facts. I'm sure he'll give us some alternative theories <laughs> for this episode. It's Mr. Cam Branch. How are you doing, Cam? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Uh, early start this morning to get that episode in. So yes, literally um, finished I, half I, an hour ago. I know. I know you've got to go to work quick, so you'll probably leave us early. So if you do, if Cam does uh, go, it'll be me and Stu. So we'll start off, Cam, where the episode ended last week. It kicks off immediately from there. Bron dragging out Jamie from the water. And he's quite funny, actually, because he's like... Straight away. I'm not... You're not going to die. I want my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, that's all it's about, wasn't it? He's that's a character, it. isn't he? Absolute genius, that guy is. So, yeah, I saved you because I'm the only one who can kill you until I get what I want. And what I want is my fucking castle. Uh, not that he said it, but that's what it was all about. So, um, yeah, that, Bron is that's gotta very be Bron. The quickest sea bomb that the show has ever had. Because <laughs> he said it within about two minutes of the show starting <laughs> up. Even I was surprised. Look at him. He fucking picks up on all the swear words, like typical. Oh, yeah. It was, it was one of the first things he said. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was yeah. you can't listen, he didn't mess about, did he? Listen, you no, can't. He never does. That's why everyone loves Bron. But yeah, that's what he knew straight away then, Stu. It was, a sw- yeah. it was a switch, though, Stu, because last week he pretty much gave up on the, the riches to save his own life, you know, because it was just like, right, fuck it, it's all, it's, it's, it's uh, survival mode, and he's straight back into it, isn't he? <laughs> What's it is he well, that, well, that's what he's like. He, he's, he's the ultimate survivalist. He's, he's a lone wolf. He, he survived this long by being smart. And, and and when he when he's talking to Jamie, and he, um, they had a great little back and forth. If she that was only one dragon. If she she decides to use them to really use them, and Bron jumps in and goes, "You're fucked." Well, <laughs> don't you mean that we're fucked? No, I do not. So <laughs> he, he's everything. not stupid. As soon as he's got whatever he wants, he's, he's gone. gone. That, yeah. that, that's how he's done as as well as he has done. As soon like I'm. I'm fully expecting him at some point to end up by Daenerys' side because he will go, hang on, she's going to win. 
I want to win. I don't even have to ask any questions because he's answered them before I even start. So, Cam, I was going to say, do you see him jumping ship? Because, you know what? He just let... I mean, we're going to get to Tyrion later. He just let Tyrion in and there you go. I mean, there is history between them, but <laughs> it just tells you everything about Bron, doesn't it? Well, he's a mercenary. There yeah, you go. Pure and simple. That's the word. He's going he's gonna to go wherever the money is, wherever survival is. It's a war. He, he's got no loyalty to anybody. The only loyalty he's got is to himself. And if you were in that position, what would you do? Yeah, I'd, I'd be jumping ship to the lady with three dragons. Yes, for <laughs> sure. And you know what? Talking of Tyrion, just there, uh, sticking with you actually, Cam, for this one. Uh, he, he the, the, the scene, the next scene is just him walking through that rubble, that aftermath. And he, he I don't know if you felt it, but it looked like he, he felt guilty. You know, that these he, were his he, people. There was a, there was a sadness that. about it. Yeah. He was reflecting and he was deep in thought and he was thinking, people have died and I've tried to stop this. This is Because I think what it is with Tyrion, he wants to win the war as clean as possible. He doesn't want people to die. He's 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 got a conscience about the people. And that's why he was drawn to Daenerys as well, because ultimately that's what she was about when she, she first started becoming the queen and becoming a leader and freeing the slaves and everything. So he felt that it really, really got to him and he doesn't want to see death. And that, and that rolls into what happens in the next scene where, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, where Daenerys is straight about bend the knee. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the line at the moment, isn't it? Bend the knee. Of course it's, but Stu, when you see that scene of the, of Drogon on that rock, what, what a beautiful scene that is. Like, he's just there with her standing in front. Like, that's power, right? That is fucking. It was. That, that's exactly what I was going to say. It was, he looked, he looked like a ruler, you know, he's sitting high above everyone else, but talk about a way to really convey your power to these troops that you're trying to get to, as Cam has said, you know, the line of the show, bend the fucking knee. Just you in front of this gigantic dragon sitting on this rock. It's a pretty powerful statement, and and that's what she's about. But I completely agree with what's just been said. Tyrion wants to do this as cleanly as possible, and walking through his family's men he may have known some of those people so it's got to be quite bittersweet for him on the one hand his queen has just won a a big war but he's just seen his family's men slaughtered and and burnt to a crisp and i think he's potentially going to jump ship and go the other way because i think he's getting slight uh, flash forwards to her becoming the mad queen you know she's been kind up to this point but she's starting to develop a bit of a nasty streak and i don't think he's 100 percent comfortable with it like he was pleading when he's pleading for um harley's, uh, harley's lives great line uh, make no point yeah. s- send send him to the wall put him in chains he's literally saying do anything, anything but kill him, kill him. Kill him. yeah because that's what Cersei would do. Cersei would put him to death and she's trying to escalate herself above Cersei. But if anything, she's just done the most cruel thing because putting him in the dungeons for a couple of weeks, I'm sure they would have leapt at the chance to do that. But I also, I, I was writing notes and I actually put down dick on more like dickhead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was just stupid. So now ha- House Tarly's pretty much dead. Yeah. Two great houses of Westeros pretty much exterminated in the space of a couple of weeks. 
Yeah, massive, massive. And that's exactly what Tyrion was trying to say. We've already lost one, mate. What are you doing? Don't be stupid. There's, there's not that many. There's not many great houses that establish Westeros, and they're just dropping one by one. They could end up with literally three or four of them, yeah. and they'll be split between the two camps. Yeah, the main three will be left in the end, and you've you got to you got to think about it. And um, and and I mean the scene where Drogon just absolutely burns through them. It, it is cruel, isn't it? It's really cruel, but at least it's instant. They, the, they, the music is brilliant, though. You can tell whenever he's going to breathe fire, they have that really. That the music effect. goes almost guttural. It's really low and bassy, and you just know. I sort whenever it happens, I sort of tense up, like, oh, someone's getting burned. <laughs> <laughs> and visually, it looks incredible. You can see now why they've only done seven episodes this season. Because yeah, the is. money they're spending on the dragons now is insane. Well, wait till next week, mate. I've watched the trailer. You, it's going to fucking I'm gonna blow. Watch, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about it in a sec but it's, uh, at the end of the show, but it's going to blow everyone's mind. Because if you thought tension was last week, next week, I think we're going to be fucking soiling ourselves the whole episode. But anyway, <laughs> um, the, like, you know, the, the, one of the words that we're going to hear every week, I feel, is Dracaris. You know, it's so powerful now. Whenever she says it, whether she says it in anger, whether she says it really quietly, like, she did today she was just like Dracarys and yep, that was it very somber very somber it's just because I don't think she wants to do it herself I really do not think she wants to but she has a choice she's a queen she wants to be the queen and she's like you join me or you don't and if you don't I'm sorry but I'm not letting you go back there's no, no way I, I, I think you're right she's doing it because she knows she has to she can't be seen to be weak if she no. lets them live mm-hmm. then thousands of others will go oh well I'll just go to the dungeons then and then <laughs> she, she's gone back on her word as being the breaker of chains Exactly, and so the, the 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 big thing was Tyrion in this. Obviously, like you both have said, I totally agree. He was gutted when they died. You know, I mean, the other thing is, what a stubborn bastard Tarly was. You know, what an absolute stubborn shit. Uh, his dad, Randall Tarly. Respect him for it, though, don't you? Because oh, God, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's what a man should do. But as yeah. Tyrion said. You, your loyalties seem to be quite flexible. You know, he was against Cersei until a couple of weeks ago. Mm. So he, he, on the one hand, he looks really principled. On the other, he just looks stubborn and stupid. But he tried to save his kid. You know, Dickon could have have survived, but he obviously inherited his dad's stubbornness. Yeah, so Sam's I, the only Tarly. Yeah, I think Dickon was a bit stupid, to be honest, to, to, to be... You know, I mean, you know what? Let's stick with the Tarleys and get this out the way and get Sam's story out the way as well before we move oh. on to Jamie and stuff. Because Don't you just want to punch him in the face? <laughs> Do you really? Not, not, yeah, for not listening to Gilly. Oh my god, like the biggest reveal. Oh my god, Cam, did you pick that up? That no. Oh my Go god, on. Cam! She, she was, you know, they were sat in the bedroom and she was reading books and she's going on about the number of um, steps, fifteen thousand seven hundred eighty-two, whatever it was. Yeah, she, she's reading yeah. them out and she says, "Such and such a maester." Uh, she goes, "What's an annulment?" And he says, "It's when a man puts his wife to one oh, side." Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes. she says, um, "This maester he annulled pr- uh, a, a marriage for someone called Rhaegar." So yeah. she called him Rhaegar. <laughs> Yeah, yeah Rag- Raga. So he's just confirmed that Rhaegar and Lyanna were married, married, which means John isn't a bastard. He's a Targaryen. He's a full Targaryen. And even just saying it now, that's And he just stopped her. I've just, yeah, I've just, just clicked and, my fingers. I was just and looking. then he, he just goes on, on that rant about, oh, who cares about how many shits this guy's had? And he's not... <laughs> and, oh... <laughs> oh, can't it, was he? Yes. 
such yes, a huge scene. Like, as in, no. when that happened, I was like, I was so excited because you know what? He's not a bastard. That's massive for the whole show. He is now the rightful heir, the elder sibling's son. He is the rightful heir to the Seven Kingdoms. Just think about that for one fucking second. He's the king of the north, but he's actually the real king. He's not. He's one step below Daenerys. I know, but it normally goes to the next king's son, doesn't it? That's what it, I mean. The lines go. Rhaegar was the older brother, wasn't he? He was. It Ray, always goes. He was the older sibling. Yeah. Rhaegar was the older sibling, but Daenerys was Rhaegar's sister. So we don't know whether it goes to the next sibling uh, or if it goes to the next. No, no. Well, next it goes. Sibling. Gendry's no. the rightful heir for, Barat, for, for Robert. No, and think that's about why it like this. It to him rather than Just look at the royal family now. Prince Charles. Who's yep. the next heir? It's not Andrew, is it? Nope. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. The way monarchy works is that it stays in that, the, the eldest, and what, what, what happened here is, that's why Robert Baratheon, that's why Stannis wanted to kill all the bastards, remember, and Gendry, remember, because... Well, a, ba- a bastard couldn't take the throne, yeah, that's the I mean, difference, Gendry That was couldn't. the other thing, but they were going to try and push it, weren't they? That's what, that's yeah. what, that's oh, yeah. what they were trying to do. Uh, that's what um, Ned was trying to do, wasn't he? <laughs> Well, yeah, plus he had so many, because it, it, from the books, there was the, the Blackfire Rebellion was one of the old Targaryen kings. He was just a big, massive shagger, and he had kids everywhere, and all these bastards rose up and tried to overthrow the Targaryens. So, yeah, Very interesting. Yeah, so that, that I mean, that has put the cat amongst the pigeons now, or the, the dragon amongst the pigeons, whatever, with yeah, uh, and, with John. And we're, gonna, we're skipping back and forth. We'll come back to the Lannisters in a second, but whilst we're on Jon Snow... Mm. Oh my God, Cam! You know what? I I mm. actually felt something when he, that when he was sniggering at him, he wanted oh, to kill him. What you felt? And then he touched him, right? <laughs> shut up! Shut up, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I mean, you, there was a sense of like becoming a reunion. Uh, you know, I felt like Drogon felt something and i mean i think that's clear that's clear john felt something mm. i mean did you feel that come I, I was moved straight away straight away you just knew it straight away and even denarius she's real she's realized something as well i think she's she knows that why she is drogon that way with john why is john that way with drogon what's happening here and it's got her thinking as well that the, there's a there's there's a play going on here, isn't there? In, in the, you know, there's a mind thing going on, and it's just it's fascinating to see, and it's it's got you thinking now. Where is this going? How is it going to evolve? Where you know, um, she was quite put out when um, he said something about that's not the word I was thinking when she said they were beautiful. Oh my that god, that was hilarious! Like, yeah, it was like that's not quite the word I would use. And then he suddenly, when she looked at him, yeah, he was like, he oh got crap, scared. What he was like, oops, said? oops. I'll <laughs> just, just rephrase this slightly. I know that but, was a great scene, mate. I want to yeah. go to Stu with. I know Stu doesn't listen to these pods, right? But you might have listened to last week. I'm, I, I, don't I know did. You, but my Star Wars reference is coming true here. They feel something for each other, into like Luke and Leia. Right, yeah. Obviously, Uncle. Aunt, you you could see when he left, when he was leaving Dragonstone. But they don't know she had it like yet. a long, a long lingering look at him, and I. Yeah. It's hard to say. Is it romantic, or is it like the, there's a familiarity between them? Like they I they think. know that there's something. But did you notice when John was petting Drogon, he actually purred? 
Yes. He was making those little squeaky noises Mm. that he made when he was a little dragonling when he was with Daenerys and she must have noticed and she must have been thinking, how in the hell is Drogon so comfortable? Because he didn't, even with Tyrion... He sn- when he met him in um, in the dungeons that time when was it when they were in Carth or something mm. or Marine, even Tyrion got snarled at. John didn't get anything. He didn't growl. He barely even showed his teeth. So they must be thinking the only people that are that comfortable with dragons is Targaryens. She must, must know. I don't know. I don't think she does. Not clock for her, but definitely you're right. When as soon as he is snarling at him. Like standing in front of him, as soon as he takes his gloves off, glove off, sorry, takes his glove off and puts it against his cheek or against his, where his mouth is, that is it. Like you and said. Knows, his nostrils were going, and I wonder if he can smell Targaryen. Yeah. And his awesome. eyes blinking, like, you know, like someone's eyes are watering up, like he was blinking. and It, just... it was a slow blink, wasn't it? Oh, so it was, like a, to it was emphasize. like a cat or a dog. Uh, he was just like so comfortable. You as know if... more than this and this, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, this, like this is what Wilson's like, but Wilson's asleep on me right now. He's my dragon. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a drogon. But I, that's what I felt as well. I just thought, this is beautiful. And it, I, I kind of. Oh, forget it. I'll do predictions later. I can't, I don't want to, I just hope. Visually, it was incredible to see that. So good. I mean, that's the, that's the bit that tells you all, 100%, he's a Targaryen, half Targaryen. And that's brilliant to know because you know something, you know something's coming. It's so exciting. You can't wait for the reveal. That's why shows like this are brilliant because they're building on something huge for fucking seven seasons. There's two episodes to go. Something's going to happen. Now, Let's jump back to the scene. Shit, there is. There's only two. There's only two left. Two more Jesus. weeks. And, and every episode has had a payoff, hasn't it? In some seasons, you get the payoff in about episode eight or nine. Yeah. We've had something rewarding every single episode this season. Mm-hmm. And, and th- just before you came on, me and Cam were talking that this felt like a reset as well. A bit of a, let's, like a season opener uh, at, at some point that, you know, we're going to reset a few things because we've got some big shit coming in the last two. <laughs> because well, yeah, cause everyone's back on their own sides now, aren't they? John's yeah. gone back. Daenerys is back on her own. Jamie's back with Cersei. So all, everyone's sort of gone back to their starting points. But then John's gone off on another mission. Cersei and Jamie are about to try and start doing something else. So there's been like a little five episode arc and now back to the starting blocks for two episodes i'm calm there's two bits to jamie i want to just do the first half of the bit where the first scene or well his second scene is when he actually meets cersei again and he is he is distraught because i've not seen him so afraid in in the previous six seasons as he is right now after like you know i think Stu mentioned it at the start where he says to Bron, the three dragons, what we're going to do when we're three. He's saying yeah. exactly the same stuff to her, but she's like, fuck that. <laughs> oh, she's got Kyburn in her ear, whispering all sorts, hasn't she? So, um, but yeah, you took the word right out of my mouth there and distraught. Um, he's, he's, he's almost destroyed, let alone distraught. He, he doesn't see how in any way they can defeat Daenerys now. He's thinking that was one dragon. What a free dragon's going to do to us. She's got, and he also mentioned the, the, Dothraki. the Dothraki army, the way they went through us as if it was sport. It wasn't a, it wasn't a war to them. This is just an everyday thing for them. So he's seen two beasts of an army because the dragons are an army in themselves. The Dothraki are an army. He hasn't seen the Unsullied yet, really, has he? 
No. So wait till they turn up. Fuck it. I I was just going to mention the Unsullied because they're almost almost equal to the Dothraki because all they've been bred to do is fight. Exactly. So when that when they come back and but obviously Cersei, she's she's so clever. She's learned so much from her father. She mentioned it in one of the previous episodes. Do you think I've been uh, stood next to him for 20 years and not learned anything? She's got her father's mind and she is scheming and she's going to, she's got something massive lined up. You know it. We'll go to their second meeting in a minute, but just to finish this bit off, Stu, she questions his manhood pretty much, you know, because obviously the big reveal here is that he tells her that Elena killed Joffrey because she's obviously going mental at Tyrion. Uh, we'll come back to Tyrion and um, Jamie in a bit, but this bit, she says to him at the end, her parting shot to him is, I know what my choice is. A soldier should know his choice too. Fight and die or submit and die. But because he's kind of like not a soldier anymore, <laughs> he can't well, fight. It's hard to see what her motives are there because she's not just emasculating him as a soldier. She's she's putting him in his place and saying, you know, you are a soldier. You, it's almost like she's saying, look, what you know, we're brother and sister. We're also fuck buddies, but you are still a soldier, and I am still the queen. If I tell you something, you do it. So she's been a little bit of a bitch, but exactly as Cam said, she's definitely got Tywin's mind, and Tywin was an incredibly clever man. You know, the whole time when he was with the Mad King, he was plotting. The whole time when Robert was on on the throne, he's always got 10 plans. He's always got every eventuality thought out, and she definitely seems like she's inherited that. I, I didn't expect her to know about the meeting with Tyrion, but she's she's clearly learned a lot yeah. from a lot of people. We've got to come back to that. It's great. It's a great point, and I've got a theory behind it. But before all that happens, Sejora is back with Daenerys. So that's another reunion. We get we get so much screen space shared by some of our favourites or, you know, old relationships and stuff. And obviously, Sejora, there's this... I mean, you'll know this more than anyone, Stu. There's history between the Starks and the Mormont in terms of Sejora ran, didn't he, from these guys? Because yeah. he was doing some, slavery, some slave um, stuff. And, and I think Eddard wanted him killed, didn't he? It was something yeah, like that. And- I think it was something along those lines. I think they covered it way, way back in the early seasons. Mm. But he he went into exile. That's why he was where he was. And and he, I think his name's a little bit of mud in Westeros. But he's a powerful tool for Cersei to have because he's shown he's a very, very capable fighter. Oh, Daenerys. So even though he's only one man, sorry, yeah, to, to Daenerys, mm. he's he's a very capable fighter. He's got a good mind. He's a good strategist. So. It's it's very good for him to be back, but there's definitely there's some level of love between them. He he's madly in love with her. You can tell by the way he looks at her. Yeah, he's she's fond of so. him too. She's very she's fond, fond of him, but she doesn't feel the same way that he oh, does. No. He he sort of favourite slave. Than ben, than he. <laughs> he he bends the <laughs> knee at every fucking opportunity. Him, he's proper, <laughs> he, he, like... he's, he's loyal to a fault. He, yeah, he, he really is, is. and he, he's a good knight. I like. I think, well, he's loyal because he's in love. Yeah, true. Ooh. He's he's argued he may he yes. may even be a little bit blinded by that. Yeah, yeah, true. And I think the next scene when they're all together strategizing, obviously Bran has a vision of the bloody fucking whole what night you know, the night of the, the army of the dead. That was that was a a very quick but poignant scene because every time we see the army, it's got bigger and Big. bigger and you just think there aren't enough 
troops in the whole of Westeros to take them on, even if they do all come together. So how in the hell they they beat them? The only way is surely dragons. Yeah, to, the only to, way to, I think uh, I think the only way you can beat the army of the dead is you have to kill them, the Night King. And maybe. I believe then. That's I believe then. I believe you kill the Night King because the Night King is the one who makes them. Who makes you remember seeing? He makes He raises them all. So yeah. surely, if Brilliant. you kill him, he'll, they'll all. Well, they'll it's all like drop. it's like the old vampire theory, isn't it? You kill the yes. head vampire, and everyone else dies as well. Yeah, that's yeah. how I see it. And the only way you kill him is with the Valerian steel sword. Yeah, yeah. it's got to Def- be oh, through the heart. All the all the all the dragons. One of the two. I reckon there's two yeah. ways. So I mean, the really interesting part of this is the whole plot that goes on in this in this episode is another one of Tyrion's Tyrion's brainwaves because he wants Cersei on side now and like they want to go together because obviously Jon's convinced them now um, that we've got to go we've got to go and fight these or we've got to go and then basically says why don't we bring one back first Tyrion is like bring one back so well it's, oh. a, it's a good plan because Cersei is stubborn crazy. isn't she it's a crazy it, it plan it is crazy <laughs> But she she's stubborn to a fault, and he's oh. right. The only way she will believe it is if she can see it. There's no two ways about it. But it's how the hell they think they're going to be able to transport one all the way to King's Landing. Because it'll die, right? It needs to be in the winter, doesn't it? I, I, I can't imagine they're going to do well in the warm. No, exactly. It needs to be frozen. So, anyway, maybe they just bring an ice block with them. But that's going to melt, too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, the, the brilliant thing was all those people in there... And obviously, just before that, Tyrion and um, Tyrion and Varys having a chat about she's a bit out of control. I mean, oh, like a you... pair of old housewives yeah, sat around. What did you think of that, Stu? Because Varys is worried, really worried about her. I think the fact that Varys and Tyrion are both worried should be cause for concern for Daenerys because they're two of the most intelligent people in the world, and if they're both thinking that she's maybe a little bit off base, maybe she's a little bit off base. Because you had that scene the other week, didn't you, with Varys, where she said, you know, if, if you think I'm doing anything wrong, don't plot behind me back. Come and say it to me face. And I, I hope there's going to be a scene next week where he goes to her and says, look, I think you're going a little bit, a little bit awry here and something's going to go wrong. You need to rein it back and get back to the way you used to be. You know, you need to get back to being kind and considerate and stop being such a mad bitch. <laughs> What do you think, Cam? Do you agree with any of that? Or do you think it's just, you know, they have to be like that big, they're just trying to put across what she's just done with the Tarleys? I think there is, there is the thought process there that she looks like she's becoming mad. But is she becoming mad or is she be really becoming a proper leader? And sometimes a leader has to make harsh decisions, harsh choices, and you have to show as well you can't just be the softy softy leader you've got to show a steel side is she just showing a steel side so are they misreading her because they've got all suckered in on this oh she's she's lovely she's sweet she's she's the breaker of chains you know the mother of dragons and she's not going to harm but you can't win a war without harming you can't win a war without killing you have to kill and you have to show authority, you have to show power, and that's what she's trying to do as well. Because don't forget, if you look back to last week's episode, and she was stood on that beach, and she said, I'm losing this war, because she's tried that approach, and where has it got her? 
and she's had a big win now. So, but what I did see, right, from all of from from her in that scene when they're in that room and they're deciding who's going, and Sajora is the first one to put his hand up and go, "I'm going. Let me save you." You see dread in her eyes. Like that's the love. The love was back this week for her in that bit. And you yeah. know, I, I I saw the the release, and then when John said he's going, and like that was like no. You ain't going, bro. And it's just, and then he goes, I am. I'm, I'm the only one who's fought these. And again, her eyes were like, oh shit. And it was just such a good scene because she's like, I haven't let you go yet. I've not let you, you're allowed to go. And he goes, who the hell are you? I'm the king. I'm not, don't mean in disrespect, but I'm going to go. Are you going to stop me? And like, she just nods at the end, doesn't she? She doesn't actually say bend the knee. None of this shit. She's come no. around and she just nods. And that's, well, she's scene. never really made any any actual threats against them actually no. she's implied she sort of mm. said i could do this you know i could you know make you stay but i don't think she ever actually would because already she's starting to get a huge respect for him and i think that she must now be thinking after the drogan thing there's clearly more to this guy than meets the eye i need i want yeah. to keep him on side i need to keep him on side because he, he will be dagger. She asked about the heart dagger immediately after the drone yeah. thing, didn't she? And he didn't. Tell I don't her. understand why he's not telling her because that ad- adds even more to his myth, oh, to his God. legend. If she's to say, "Yeah, I did die. I was stabbed about eighteen times, and then I was brought back." <laughs> you know, when that it, just when it that comes adds out, even more to it. It's suspense, though, isn't it? When it does come out for her, she's going to be like, "Okay, you you might just be the the true king." Because remember, like we just talked about, he really there's so many i mean he could be the true king i mean that is a game well, it, today's a game could changer be the prince who was promised yes it's the... she knows she knows about the the prophecy from where she had that vision so if she's to hear that there's this king who was killed and brought back and now she thinks he might be a targaryen as well because if she realizes that she'll start thinking you know the song of ice and fire ice being a stark fire being a targaryen she might actually put two and two together and think, shit, I need to get behind this guy. Hold on. is You just said something there that's clicked. Is this whole fucking story about Jon Snow? Well, it's theorised that potentially that's what it's about. There's tons of theories about what ice and fire could mean, but with them just confirmed, basically, you know, they've 99% confirmed that Rhaegar and Lyanna were married, and if they were married, then he is a legitimate Targaryen and a Stark. So that is ice and fire to me. It's probably not written about John, but that could be where the ultimate inspiration for the name. You've just made something click for me. That is fucking brilliant. And if that's the case, I can't be happier, to be honest, because I don't want him to die. I really don't want him to die. So, I mean, there were so many little scenes that we've probably missed here, but let's move on to some of the bits and pieces that were happening in this um, episode. And... um, Obviously, the Tyrion, whilst we're talking about Tyrion and Daenerys, she's allowed Davos to smuggle him, because that's what he's good at. He was a smuggler. So, smuggle into... So, Cam, tell, I know you've got to go soon, so tell me a little bit what you thought about these scenes where, you know, he's Tyrion's gone off to meet um, Jamie, and so Davos is on his own quest to go and find Gendry, so we're going to talk about Gendry yet. But tell me about the Tyrion and... Um, you talked to me about Tyrion and Jamie. what you thought of that scene. <laughs> that was a one of the most important scenes in the whole show because of what Tyrion is trying to do. But I thought the, there was a really funny little line in there where, um, Jamie goes to Tyrion. 
I, I vowed to chop you in half if I ever see you again. And Tyrion responded, well, you're, not, you're going to struggle with that sparring sword, aren't you? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just, uh, and just sort of thought, oh, okay. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> so uh, I can't really do much here. So uh, I thought that was a hilarious little line in there. Um, it broke the tension, but, didn't it? It really broke yeah, the tension. Yeah, it broke the tension. But, it, but, but by the tension being broken, it, it relaxed Jamie's mind. And with that, there was a bit of clarity in his mind because the anger that he felt towards Tyrion, even though he saved Tyrion's life, he was still angry with Tyrion in a way because obviously initially he would have thought maybe he did kill my son. I'm not sure. Definitely killed my father, um, even though I've let him go because I knew, he knew deep down that Tyrion was innocent. He didn't want to believe it, but he knew deep down and he, and he, and that, Tyrion said that again. You knew I was innocent. And he 100% with that, knows now. He 100% goes yeah, after Elena. Because Elena, Elena confirmed it for him. So he was justified. Tyrion was justified in killing his father because obviously his father was going to kill him. So it was fight or die. Cersei's mantra. So it, I thought it was a, a superb little scene. It was, it was very quick. It was very precise. They didn't hang around on it. They just made the point and then moved on. And then the next bit was obviously flea bottom and yeah. Gendry. Um, that was uh, superb again. I'll let Stu do, do that one. Yeah. I mean, Stu, let me ask you about the, the Lannisters first, because you can't under value that scene. It's two of the biggest characters back on screen together again. And there's animosity between the brothers, even though last week you, you saw the other opposite end, the love, because Tyrion doesn't want him to die, but now he's reaching out to him. It, it, it definitely feels like he's trying to save him. He knows he's, as we've said before, Tyrion seems to want to do this with as little bloodshed as possible, and he obviously doesn't want his brother and sister to die because there's not many of them left. But I think he accepts that Cersei is probably a lost cause because she's so stubborn. But there's definitely hope for Jamie. I, I've said before, I think Jamie's going to jump sides because I think Cersei's going to do something so wicked and so evil that he's just going to push her aside and say, look, I don't even know you anymore. But it's hard to not enjoy whenever Tyrion's on screen because the way he speaks, the way he, he connects with everyone that he talks to, and even though Jamie, you know, was ready to try and split him in half, he they're able to still find that common ground. If there's obviously some kind of a love between them, they seem to be the only Lannisters that actually really like each other, even though he killed his dad on the toilet with a crossbow, which was still one of the best deaths ever. Yes. <laughs> on the shitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know what? The, th- the scene that follows this is Jamie going to see her. Now, my theory here is everyone knows Varys had little birds and when he talks about little birds, it's the little kids. Who took over those little kids? Killed the maester. It was Kyburn. Kyburn has eyes. Of course he did, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So he's he's got eyes everywhere. That's what he was telling her. He was filling her in on the meeting just as he was there. She knows everything. She's a sneaky shit, Kyburn. He's so sneaky. Like, if you thought Varys was sneaky, Kyburn is not only sneaky, but fucking talented as well. Like, he's, and he's genuinely evil. I mean, he's got some fucked up ideas because he was kicked out as a maester, wasn't he? Because he yeah. was so interested in reanimation and stuff like that. And he was into all the weird occult stuff. 
So he's evil and clever, and he's clearly got he's inherited all these connections. I'm wondering he, whether he's been mentioned like in um, with a re- different name, like his surname or something, or his first name, by you know the Archmaester to, to, to Sam, and we just haven't picked up on it because he was saying a few had been expelled and shit for trying too much stuff. I'm just wondering whether it was him. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe might, you never know. He might be going by a different name or something because yeah. he might have been shamed. Because yeah, ma- maesters are supposed to do good. good. They're not supposed to fuck about with bringing people back from the dead. No, not at all. I mean, can this? She has Jamie by the balls here because he's like oh, a puppet. by the cunt, as she put it. <laughs> yeah, but he's like a puppet to her. Like, I totally. mean, I mean, she knows how to manipulate him. Exactly. She's wearing the trousers, isn't she? In that relationship, yeah, very much. I don't know if much. you both picked up on this, but she said she's pregnant, right? But she yeah. may be, she may not. But I don't think she is. I think she's manipulating him because the, the prophecy, the prophecy was she only would have three kids. And she'd see them all die. Exactly. Now, either way, the other the other thinking is, if she is pregnant, she's dying within nine months because she ain't going to see that kid. That's the that's other theory. Not a, that's not a bad shout. Yeah. Or she dies Maybe. in childbirth. Well, no, she won't because ah. she's not. Or she dies during the birth. No, she's killed by she's killed by someone. It says. The prophecy was that right. she's killed by someone, and I think uh, yeah, but I, maybe Cam's right. Maybe she's killed by a kid because it was commonplace in those days to but, die during childbirth. But then because she does no, have four no kids, though. But then she does have four kids, no matter what, whether it was before or after. She still would have right. still a child, right? True. Y- yeah. yeah, still a child, even if she's not there. You know, she dies in childbirth. So this comes back to your theory that Jamie's going to kill her when he well, realizes actually, in a I few think months it was, she's not I actually think pregnant. It was Stu and Joe. That had the theory yeah. that I wanted Ari to kill or someone else, and I can't even remember. I, 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 can, I can just see him being the Queen Slayer. I, I've just got visions of the way they did that flashback with when he was explaining to Brienne. I can see it being exactly the same. They're in the throne room in um, in the Red Keep, and she's giving out some kind of an order, and he just goes, "You know what? This is too much," and he just has to run his sword right through the back of her, and it had been like an, an almost mirror image of um, when he killed the Mad King. Wow. Yeah, that's that is the that would be amazing. I think we're gonna see something like that as well. I'm I'm excited for it. But like I said, I actually think she's being manipulative. She's just uh, trying to get him in and then Cam, what did you think of her last sentence to him? That don't betray me a fucking Don't uh, betray me again. That was oh my god. It was like I am the one. She's she's asserted her authority completely over him. You are not to fuck with me in any way, shape, or form now. Anything you do wrong, and you know she will. As much as she loves him, she would kill him. Oh, yeah, and, and now we she's know consumed. And now he knows that she yeah. knows everything. That's right. She is consumed with power. It's all about the power now. She's totally... If anyone is the Mad Queen, you'd say it was Cersei right now. Oh, for sure. I've, been, I've seen a few yeah. people have been saying that. Whenever anyone's been saying, oh, Daenerys is turning into the Mad Queen, a lot of people have been saying, if anything, Daenerys is as more often than not, nine times out of ten, she's been very clinical. She's thinking, yeah. right, logically, okay, let's plan it out. How are we going to attack Cersei's really knee-jerk? She's just like, right, let's go and do this. Let's go and do this other this, thing. This, and this, Jamie's like, yeah. Jamie's the little angel on her shoulder. He's the one that's trying to say to her, look, let's calm it down. Let's mm-hmm. plan out. What are we going to do? And she's just too instinctive. But as yeah. Cam said, she's drunk on power. 
she she's wanted this her whole life you know she she sort of was in power when she had the kids on the throne she was controlling tom and she was you know ruling through him but now she's legitimately on the throne she's not giving that up for anyone it's funny how there's a parallel between the Lannister brothers. Both are trying to calm queens down. It's so beautiful, you know, it's so, so good. But I, I mean, like you were just saying there about the Mad Queen, it so is her because she used wildfire and destroyed half the city. Come on, man. Why are we even forgetting the, the climax of last season? She yeah, did blowing that. up yeah. the, was, oh, was it? Was it the, the Septon? Yeah. The Septon's yeah. church or whatever it was. Whatever that, it was. That, that was, that was yeah. a hell of a scene as well. Of course it was. And that was, a, that was another part of her scheming. You know, because the the logistics to get all that sorted out and to get all the barrels in place, that must have taken a long time. So she's always had it in the back of her mind that she was going to do that. And it was the little birdies that were doing that too, the little kids, remember? So there's those yeah. links. But but the beautiful thing about that scene, which now I understand more, and this show, if you go and watch it back when it ends, the more you watch it, the more things will click. When Jamie turns up at King's Landing and sees everything on fire... That was the thing he stopped by killing the Mad King. That was the thing he wanted to stop. He wanted to stop him burning people alive because that's yeah. the order. And his sister's yes. gone and fucking done it. So that's where, like, Stu's theory of him killing her is... is I, I kind of believe it's going to happen because that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to stop madness. That's a really... Hero. I, I'd never, I'd never thought of that before. That's a really, really good shout. That must have been like a bit of a, a horrible prophecy coming true. Yeah, because was. yeah, Jamie is again about the people more, isn't he? Yeah, he, he, since since Brienne, he's definitely been on a redemption arc. He's, his good side has definitely come to the forefront, and even though he's serving the Queen, he's trying to do as as good as he can and trying to do as well as he can. But he's sort of. You know, it's fallen on deaf ears, isn't it? He just he can't get through to us sometimes as much as he tries. Yeah, and he came across as cocky when he was at the start because he was a warrior and he and, and he was a leader, and that's what they do. But he was always, I think, he always felt that I'm the king slayer, I'm accepting it, but I actually did it for a good reason. Like he did. No, yeah. nobody really, other than Brienne, realizes that he did the most noble thing. He sacrificed his his reputation. To, to save the lives of tens of thousands of people, but all people remember him for is that he killed the king. Nobody understands why. Why? Because, because he won't tell them. If he was to sit down and tell them, they'd probably go, ah, bollocks. He's just, he, he's just trying to save face. But because he had that moment with Brienne when they were in the bath, it was so raw and so honest. And she really saw that this was, you know, he did it for a completely honorable, noble reason. And that, that will, that's his curse, really. He saved all those lives and nobody will ever thank him for it. Okay, Stu, just me and you left, mate. So that was a really interesting conversation on the Kingslayer and stuff. But there's shit going down between some other siblings uh, in Winterfell. And it's Sansa and, I mean, Sansa and Arya, sorry. I mean, give me a bit of a, a lowdown of what you thought about this. I mean, rather than us just going through the scene and, and relaying it, let's just talk about what, what, what you think. Because Littlefinger's playing a very, very sly game here. And I'll give you my thoughts after I, I get what you think. Well, it w- I'm glad that they did this because it, it was all really touchy-feely, nicey-nicey last week, but Sansa and Arya have never got on. Sansa has always been the little lady in waiting. Arya has always wanted to be one of the boys. She was always more interested in fighting than sewing and archery than you know learning how to stand properly and make flowers and all the rest of it. 
So it was only a matter of time before she was going to call Sansa on her bullshit. And she's pretty much implying outright that she's got everything that she wanted. She's always wanted to be Lady Stark of, of Winterfell, and now she is, even though it might only be temporary. And I don't think Sansa really likes that, because sometimes I don't think she likes having people around her that tell her the uncomfortable truths. She was like that when she was with Joffrey. She was so brainwashed by him that whenever somebody came along and was going, look, Joffrey's an absolute shit, she would always defend him. Sometimes she just seems like she can't handle the truth, even if she knows it's true. And she, well, she basically outright said, didn't she? You are thinking about what happens if John comes back and Santa's going, how can you even say such a thing? She's like, you're thinking it. It's true. Right now. <laughs> and it's true because you would be. The second John leaves, you would be thinking, well, what am I going to do if he, if he doesn't come back? How am I going to organize things? And it doesn't have to be, you know, evil and nefarious. It's just good planning. You always have to plan ahead especially when she's got thousands of um, of troops and she's got all the northern lords at her back. If John doesn't come back, she's got to be able to rally them instantly and say, right, this is what we're doing, this is how we're going to go forward. But it's always good having Arya because this new Arya, with all the, the insight that she's got and all the new skills and the cunning that she's learned from, from being with the, um, the faceless men, she like Tyrion. We I think we've both said on and off air several times. She's one of the most fascinating characters. She commands every scene that she's in now, even if she's not saying that much. And she's clearly got under Littlefinger's skin as well. Yeah, I think little. This is I think let my give my thoughts on this. This the whole Go of this episode. Littlefinger's played them like fiddles here, like so easily because he knows Arya's got her eye on him. He knows that he's he's been aware of that since Bran pretty much outed him in front of himself. So he's been worried. He you could see yes, that it's fear last, the last week. Is a ladder thing. Exactly. As soon as that he knew, right, my time here might be numbered. I need to start a little bit of um, India Pakistan here and 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 start a bit of a war and dissension in the ranks. You know what I mean? Split, divide and conquer type thing. So basically, he has. The whole episode, even even the bits where those lords are saying to Sansa, we will serve you, we don't want to serve John," and then he's chatting to them afterwards, I actually think he's put them up to going up to Sansa to, to do that, right? And the whole thing is just to play off Sansa off of Arya because he knows Arya is so, like, you know, loyal to John, And then he, he plants that that whatever it is, the scroll or the raven message or whatever, he plants it. He is totally planting everything for Arya. And now she's read it. She doesn't know the context because it's totally out of context. She doesn't know that that's, there's basically a, a sword to uh, Sansa's throat when she's writing that. She was yeah. forced to write that. She and, and she know was that. brainwashed, wasn't she? She was, she was really entrenched in the whole, oh, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to marry the king. Died? Oh no, yeah. it was before, it was, was it before? No, it was after, yeah, it was after he died. I think it, it was after because, she's scared I think well. um, you, you got onto Emergency Awesome, didn't you, with Charlie Schneider? Wow. And he, he covered that in one of his videos in the last couple of weeks, that they can discredit Sansa, because Sansa swore fealty to the Lannisters, so if she's Lady of Winterfell, even temporarily, they can say, well, you swore fealty to us, you swore your allegiance to the Lannisters, well, the Lannisters are still in power, so therefore you're still loyal to us. You're not going to break that, are you? You know, Lady Lady of Winterfell. And they could really play on the fact that she is the little lady in waiting. 
But like you said, Arya's got no idea because she doesn't know anything that's happened in the last few years. For all she knows, it's fake. But I assume she's now going to take that and go to Sansa and say, what the fuck are you doing? You actually wanted people. Because I, I was trying to read the scroll. I paused it for a minute. And you, Me all too. You, could, <laughs> you could You could see she says that somebody has died. Yeah. And I'm guessing she'd said that their dad had died. And then the last line was swear fealty to King Joffrey. So she was clearly, I think there were several of them were put out and she was saying it to all the other lords, maybe just the ones in the north. You need to swear your allegiance to Joffrey. And that could really, really rock the boat between the two of them when it's already a little bit rocky anyway, because Arya doesn't like what she sees with Sansa. And I dare say Sansa doesn't like what she sees with Arya as well, because you could see when she was watching a fight in Brienne. Yeah. You know, she was looking at her and she's thinking, what, what the hell? How, how can you do that? You were my 11 year old sister. The last time I saw you, you used to run around in the, in the tunnels underneath Winterfell. And now you can fight like that against one of the best knights in the land. Totally agree. It's, there's a sibling rivalry there and it doesn't look good for Sansa because she might just get, find herself on the list now because th- this girl she hates Joffrey. She hated Joffrey. Arya hated him. Absolutely. And she hates everyone associated with the Lannisters. Yep. I mean, Sansa might not like them, but Arya, true, deep down, blood-boiling hatred for them. And if she thinks, I think you're right, I think it could really fuck Sansa's chances up, especially because Arya and Jon always had a very close relationship. And if Arya goes back to Jon and says, look, she did this, you know, she was telling people that Joffrey was everything. She's also got little finger in her ear. I don't think you can trust her. And I think John would listen to Arya more than he'd listen to Sansa because Ar- John's already know already knows that Sansa's been talking shit. You know, she's she's Stepping publicly him, yeah. talking down. Yeah, she she's challenging him in front of his men, and that's not a king or a queen can't be challenged publicly like that in front of lords and and soldiers. No. They, they need John needs to be the absolute king in the north. But I, I did write down in my notes that that could be the beginnings of some crack, of some kind of crack in yeah. the the northern troops, because some of them are loyal to John. Some of them, as you said before, that some of them are only loyal to her. Was it, it was the veil, wasn't it? Yeah, the veil will the, be the one day. The veil yeah. only came to Sansa, and that was all down to Littlefinger. I've I've got a bit of a prediction. I don't know if you'd agree with me on this one. I That's actually think that this is the end of Littlefinger. He will die by the end of the next two episodes because. The key for Arya is Bran. Bran's seen this now. As soon as it's happened, he's seen it. He knows it's happened. So yeah. the twist will be she's one step ahead of him because of her brother. And he'll come up to her and they won't show it to us. But when he, di- when he actually dies, Littlefinger, Bran will be standing nearby going, yeah, I kind of told her like, you know. <laughs> I, I think you might be right. I, I, I don't see him. I don't see how his arc can carry on into the next season because the next season has got to be the big three-way fight between John, well, possibly John and Daenerys against Cersei. I don't see how Littlefinger's story carries on in that because it, it's too distracting. Next season's going to be all-out war. So I, I think you're right. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Arya doesn't kill Littlefinger because yeah. he, he's got a, there's a dozen things that she could kill him for. Yeah. All, all she needs to know is that Littlefinger betrayed their father, and that's it. He's done. And and once she decides you're on the list, she's dead. Now she's got the faceless tactics. She could be anyone. Get up to Littlefinger, slit his throat, and he's done. 
Yeah, and I think Bran is the key to everything, the key to the reveal of, you know, Ta- John Targaryen, everything. It's all, it's, I mean, he might not, that might not even be his name. He might actually have a real Targaryen name. He did. It was, um, in, in, when he did the reveal in the, oh, was it the Tower of Hope? Yeah. People have like fucked around with the, the audio and tweaked it and tried to raise, cause you know, when Liana re- mm. uh, reaches over and whispers to Ned. Yeah. I'm sure it's pretty much accepted now that his name is Jaharis. Oh, wow. I, I think she whispers over and she says his name is Jaharis. So his, his full name, as we know now, should be Jaharis Targaryen. He's not a snow. No, no, he's not a, he's not a bastard, which is what I love because he's been known as the bastard the whole way. I, have I was another... thinking about that the other day. It, it was so sad, that episode, that scene from uh, season one. I think it was episode one. When Ned says to John just before he leaves to go to King's Landing, which obviously was where he yeah. died, when we meet he says, again. when I come back, I'll tell you all about your mother. And it's so sad that John's ne- possibly waited all. He's had a lifetime of being called a bastard, of being hated by Catelyn, of being shunned by, I mean, Sansa was always a bit of a dick to him. And it turns out after all this, he's, he's their cousin. You know, he's not their brother. He's just their cousin. And he would have been Catelyn's but nephew it's still or something. Than, it's still better than being a bastard kid, isn't it? <laughs> it is, because at least he's at least he's a well, he's not a highborn, but at least he's a true blood. Yeah, he's a, it, yeah, he's not. He's not. They were treating him like as if he was lower than them. He's not. He's the he's the he's the rightful yeah, heir. He's above them because at the time the Targaryens were in rule. Mm-hmm. It's like it's, this is a bit of a role reversal. I've got um, another little theory before we go to the end, which is probably going to be your favourite bit because there's so much comic references that we can make to that ending of that show. Um, but, but but I I actually think the scene with John and the Dragon is so vital, so vital that there might be something in store as a shock in store at the end of the season with with them killing off Daenerys because. That's the only way the dragons go on. And that's the only shocking thing. I think they're literally the only thing at the end of the season that would fucking make me like probably cry is her dying like that. And I I just think they're introducing John and the dragons for a reason, you know, for a reason. And um, I, I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there that come into my mind because like, you know, if you're a fan of this show, things will pop in and. When you're, especially when I'm talking to people like yourself, Joey and Joe Simpson, it, 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 it because you have so much, you, some of the stuff you say just triggers stuff in my head. So I wish I'd read the books, to be honest, because I'm probably mental right now. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, so do I. I. I wish I'd picked up the books years and years ago and got into them, but I'd never heard of them. No. And I, I really wish I'd got into it because there's so much more detail. I mean, yeah. you and I have both started listening to the, to the audio books, yeah. and I, I really want to try and stick with it however long it takes to get all the extra knowledge because oh. they hear what Joey and Joe are like. I think you're and quite I, I nerded out though on it. it. I think you're quite nerded out on it by reading what's on, on the net and stuff. So I think you're quite well oh, yeah. versed anyway. I, I read a lot of theories and I watch a lot of Emergency Awesome. I can't praise him highly enough, Charlie. He does so many videos that give so much info. Yes. And then I'll go and read like the Game of Thrones Wikipedia and read all the articles to try and get as much of the knowledge because the more you know with Game of Thrones... Oh. the more enjoyable it is because there's so many Easter eggs littered around every episode. It might just be one word that opens up a whole, you know, hundred year chapter of Targaryen rule or something like that. You're damn right. It- we're going there right now, mate, because when they all meet 
at Eastwatch. And, um, I mean, the best bit is, <laughs> I mean, we didn't even talk about Gendry. You know what? Let's do that first. Gendry kicking some ass. How good was that uh, with the hammer? Thor like. The, <laughs> the best bit about that that might have been missed from some people is that was Robert Baratheon's weapon of choice was a war. No, that really? I That's how we killed Rhaegar Targaryen at the, oh, the, there's some kind of a battle that they had and wow. uh, Rhaegar's armour was littered with rubies and Robert crushed his chest with his warhammer and the rubies were scattered all over this marsh. I think it's called like the Ruby Marsh or the Red Marsh or something. Uh-huh. And then he, I think he stoved his head in. So there's a nice little, you know, he, he, he doesn't use a sword, he doesn't use an axe, but he's comfortable with this gigantic fucking hundred pound hammer. How and good was Davos in that scene, mate, when he, when he kind Davos, of bribes? He, he's a shit knight. He can't fight to save his life, but no. he's got, got that silver tongue. And that's why him and Tyrion are so good together. Yeah. Because they could both charm, you know, they could make an, uh, they could sell ice to an Eskimo, couldn't they? When he's talking to those knights and then he brings them over to the boat and he's got the, uh, the crab meat. <laughs> I, it, it's seamlessly brilliant. I love him. I worry that he's going to be one of the ones that dies. Yeah, because he's got no, he's, he's got no, he's going to turn, you know, something's going to happen and he's, there's no he's real no use for him. Skill. Yeah. He, his use is all strategy and, and planning and, and talking. But when it comes down to it, when, you know, bodies have fallen, I think he might be one of the first ones to get dropped. And that would be a big shock for John because yeah, he's been one of John's closest allies. Yeah. It is, and I mean, now, see, you just said something, and something triggered in my mind. When Gendry and John first meet, he goes, I mean, that's brilliant as well, because he's totally, totally ignores what Davos has advice. Yeah, I'm, I'm son of Robert Baratheon, the bastard son, uh, and, and he goes, and, and then, and then he goes, oh, Really? He goes, you're a bit lean. And he goes, you're a bit short. And I was like, fucking hell, they're just slapping each other down. John's got a little smirk. But his his logic was right. You know, our fathers trusted each other. Why shouldn't we? Hold on, mate. You just made a point. Our fathers, you you killed my father. Fuck me. Imagine when he finds out. Yeah. That's another thing to think (laughs) Yeah, your, your father killed my father. Ouch. Yeah, okay. You just said, that, you just told me that well, as soon as you said Rhaegar killed, I mean, Robert killed Rhaegar, I just thought, holy shit, Gendry and John just met. They that, are. So, when, you know, when you had that scene where um, where Bran was watching young Ned and young Lyanna, hmm. that's why um, Lyanna was left alone in the tower because Robert, uh, because Rhaegar had had to go to fight the battle. So, in terms of the timeline, that happened quite close after. So, John was born or Jaharis was born, whatever. And then not long after, his dad was killed by, by Robert, by Gendry's dad. So it's nice. But as it stands right now, you can see Gendry's logic. Who better oh, to yeah, understand yeah, of the totally plight of a bastard than another bastard? Yeah. And yeah. And, and he is, he's, he's going to be useful, but his, his other use, do you remember when, um, when Ned finds him mm. in the, the blacksmiths and he's made that incredible helmet? Yeah, he could still offer something for the for John's troops because he was a brilliant blacksmith. So he could do something like that. Well, the dragon glass, the whole dragon glass that they're taking over to Winterfell to start make or whatever, he'll just he can he can help out big time, make some he amazing def- weapons. He he can be smith in that definitely, definitely. You're right. Now, when they go down, obviously at Eastwatch, um, who, who who's there? So we've got. Let's let's go through the list, okay? We've got Barrick Barrick Dondarrion, yeah, Thoros of Mere, and the Hound, and Gendry, then they're Gendry being met by Gendry, John, uh, Tormund, Giant's Bane, yeah, 
and Sajora. Um, and Sajora. So you've got a whole host of people that have probably never been in the, in the same room at the same time. Never. But they, but they all know each other in bits. Now, go through some of the history here, because I, I wonder whether you know this bit. The Siege of Pike. Have you heard of Not that? Many bells. So, basically, the Siege of Pike has been mentioned three or four times in this in the seven seasons. So, I understand why some of you might not have might not remember it, but Jamie Lannister mentioned it and said, "I'll never forget Thoros of Myr and his blazing sword." Sajora said it to I think Daenerys. I'm not sure, but he said it to someone in one of the seasons. I'll never forget Thoros of Myr and his you know, his, his fire sword. Basically, next week, people, you are going to witness something in history. They would, they never forget him because he was amazing in that war, that siege of Pike. They all fought together. They never forget him because he's that fucking spectacular. Next week, it's coming back. That, that, that sword, the fiery sword. I don't know what the name is. We can go and we'll search it up to, uh, for next week, but. It's back. I've seen the trailer. It's so exciting. There is some shit going down. But I mean, I mean, he he knew Ber- Beric Dondarrion as well as Sajora did. The Hound and Jon Snow have met before. Tormund and Sajora. They were like, "Your dad fucking, you know, wanted to kill us all." And he was like, "I'm, I'm sure you wanted to, rep- you know, you did the same back, surely." Yeah. And then Gendry. Well, yeah, it, there was obviously that. That's harking back to the really, really horrible days between the the Wildlings and the yeah the and the rest watch. of the North. Yeah, and the nice but Tormund, Tormund's great. I'm, I, I was hoping there was going to be more because with the name of the episode being Eastwatch, I know, I know, it's just the ending. That that's where Tormund was going, and the last thing he'd said really was, "I guess we're the Night's Watch now," and he was pissing <laughs> off all the rest of the Northerners because <laughs> I, I love Tormund. He's so, so good, good when he's on screen, and he's such a dick. But he's he so winds funny. everyone. He made you laugh in this episode as well. He goes, oh, we bought loads of men. What about the big lady? What was it? What did he say? What did he call her? I didn't even catch that. Yeah, he goes, did you bring the big lady? Oh, it, I, there's going to be a moment when all the dust settles, when him and Brienne have a big, massive kiss. I know. I mean, They'll what, be like the new power couple in Westeros. Can you remind me of the history between Gendry and the, the brothers? Because, um, obviously, Gendry wasn't very happy at meeting them again. They sold well, him, they, they sold him to Melisandre yeah. uh, because she got into their heads because obviously Thoros is, if I remember rightly, it was Thoros was talking to Melisandre and she sort of got in his head saying, well, like, this is what the Lord of Light wants. This is what he commands. And because Thoros is in Barak Dondarrion's ear, he convinced him and then they sold him over. And then, you know, she was trying to fucking, she wanted his blood because she believed at the time that, he could have. I think she want. She thought that he could have been the prince that was promised because he had a king's blood in him, of didn't course. he? Because he had Robert's blood. But she's even admitted herself. I think it was last week or the week before. She's admitted that she got the prophecy way wrong, and that's why she doesn't want to be anywhere near Jon Snow because she knows that she's got things so wrong. But in, other than that, I don't really know if there's any book, any book-based stuff. Uh, oh the, no no it was all within yeah. the show I was talking about you know there's basically right. what they've tried to do here is they try to sh- show you that there's fucking serious amount of history between these seven men and oh, within, there's a lot of connections between them yeah and, and within, it, it's also good just to jump back when um so davos, uh, davos said um yeah. i wondered if you were still rowing <laughs> yeah going jokes about how fucking long has Genji been rowing yeah, for? Yeah, it's so brilliant. Is it, is it season three or four that he was sent yeah, away? Yeah, he's been gone for it's years. It's been a long, 
long time. And and remember, this is again one of those problems with the show. I think is that time is just flying by. People are getting to different places so fast and back, and like there's no. I mean, I suppose they're rushing stuff, but do you get what I mean? I mean, the only thing oh, I could. Yeah, it, it's all over the place because all yeah. of a sudden. John's leaving Dragonstone, and then he's oh, well, he's back up. now. He, he's yeah. back at the wall, and yeah. I mean that didn't. I, I'm sure they've said it takes weeks. It does. It's massive to make that, to make that trip because you've got to you've got to travel by sea, and then you've got to travel by land, and you're going across all the ice and the snow, and That's it's obviously getting thing. even more wintry up there because winter's in. So it. Yeah, but like you said, I think they've got to rush it because if they spent dates all this would have been time, good though. You know, if they did anything like dates from the start, it would have been good because you'd be able to see how old they are, how far it's gone. Because surely Gendry's been gone for twenty years, or something. I don't know, fifteen years, ten years, maybe something like that. Something stupid, I don't know. He's been gone for it's ages. Gotta be, it's got to be a couple of years. It must be at least a couple of years with all the things that have happened in between. Because otherwise, it's like a bad soap opera where every week something big yeah. happens. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's why I'm saying it's a massive leap because look at Bran. Bran's aged. Like, you know, I mean, I know he's aged in real life, but I think that's what they're trying to show that he was gone for so long as well. Yeah. But anyway. And, and Arya as well. When Arya left, course. Arya was She's a kid, little, little bab. She's a bab. And now, well, I think in the book, she was supposed, I think she was, I don't even know because everyone's a little bit older. Like in the books, I think yeah. John was meant to be, was John 11? And Daenerys was fourteen. Yeah, but they they they've put sort of you know seven eight years on all of them mm. because otherwise it would just be impossible. And they obviously couldn't do all the stuff with Daenerys that yeah. they did. Exactly, she can't have just done that in two years. That's taken her years and years and years. You know, of of collecting these people. I think because it, the traveling. If you look at the map, just traveling on foot is it's a long journey, man. And the amount of time she's taken to be to, to kill other people and yeah, all, all the places she's gone, and then everywhere she's gone to, she stayed for at least a few months to to solidify and yeah. and consolidate what she's got and then move on again. You're probably right. She, it sounds like she's been out on her own, you know, gathering troops and people for years before she's, she's traveled back. Yeah. It's been, it's, it's a amazing journey to get to where they are. But in the end, there's seven of these guys, they're walking out and, you know, it, I mean, I said, Oh, here, here come the Avengers of the justice league, but it's more like a fucking suicide squad. Isn't it? <laughs> it is a little bit. Yeah. They're fucked. They are absolutely fucked. I mean, I'm interested because look who look who's on his team. He's got is there's Jon Snow, Tormund, Sejora, Gendry, who's like Robert Baratheon. That's just amazing. The Hound is like one of the best fighters. Forest of Mere, like wow. I go after what I've just spoke about, and then I don't know. I don't know much about Dondarrion. That's the only person that. But there's a great little bit about him in the books. I think. Do you know what happens with Lady Stoneheart? No, no, don't go on. Very quickly. They've already said they're not doing this in the book. But when Catelyn Stark dies, her body's dumped in the river. And she washes up downstream about three days later. And she gets found by the Brotherhood, uh, the Brothers Without Banners. Um, and Thoris of Mere, with using his connection to the Red God, brings her back to life. But... Barrick Dondarrion sacrifices his life to do it. So Barrick actually dies so that Catelyn can come back. But because she's been dead for a little while, she comes back and her skin's grey. She's got bright red eyes, but she can't speak because they cut her throat so deep when they slit her throat at the Red Wedding. And she comes back and she's on this bloodlust mission to get revenge. So it's a shame they're not doing that. 
but in the books that is how he actually dies and that's the one he doesn't come back from yeah you're right he, it is it is him and he, he he's the priest Soros is a priest but he does have the flaming sword he's basically I've just read on a Game of Thrones wikia he fought for King Robert Baratheon in the Greyjoy Rebellion he was the first man followed closely by Sejura Moment Mormont sorry through the breach during the siege of Pike stabbed and terrifying the Ironborn with his flaming sword. Right, okay, so that's Thoris's. Yeah, that's okay. Thoris's, yeah. Well, he, he's known as the Lightning Lord. So he was a lord of... of Spike this is So yeah, initially sent out oh. by Eddard Stark to lead a party of men to apprehend Sir Gregor Clegane. So there's a, that's the... like. Look at the link between the Hound and him. <laughs> but obviously yeah. he hates his brother, doesn't he? So <laughs> for the atrocities he committed against the people of the Riverlands. So I mean, that's, that's mental. So he's, you know, he's the leader of the Brotherhood without Vanis. That's what he is. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that makes more sense now. Because I always get confused between the two of them, you know, watching it. So I suppose we've, we've given the listener a little bit. If they're as confused as us, maybe not. Maybe I'm just a bit thick. But yeah, those, those, that, that bunch really do confuse me. But I think, Stu, we've done everything. I mean, I've had a watch of the trailer. You give me some, what do you think predictions-wise next week? Because it's, it's been built up to being... It's 71 minutes long, so it's the longest in history. Oh, bloody hell, that is long. I think. And then the finale is 81 minutes long. So the next two, uh, it's basically two and a half episodes. So you, you'd really... think the next two episodes are going to pan out like one giant feature-length episode, yeah. just split in half. But with, without having seen the, the trailer, which I'll watch soon, I'm, the only prediction I'm hoping is I'm hoping... You'd imagine there's going to be some kind of a of a scene where they actually try and get hold of one of the White Walkers mm. or one of the um, not the White Walkers, the other ones, one of the little minion ones. I don't know. Yeah, they just call them a white, don't they? They just want to capture a white. white is what that, they that's the one I'm thinking of. There's whites and there's the White Walkers. Um, I, I really want them to do the payoff where Bran starts telling people things, where he tells Arya, "Oh yeah." Um, Lord Baelish was involved in in father's capture and and kill, and um, John isn't our brother. Uh, yeah. Just that line of just John isn't our brother, or you know John isn't a Snow, or John isn't a, a Stark. I need that payoff before we go into the final one because that that's the whole point of this season for me. They've got to build up that John is a Targaryen. So then next season we go into it and everyone knows. Because think about it as well. If word gets back to Cersei that there's another Targaryen, that threatens her even more because if... No, well, no. If that he's a, he's it, half Stark and he's King of the North. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he's half Stark, but he's a true blood Targaryen. Mm. Surely, if Daenerys finds out that Jon is a Targaryen, that's got to be the end of all their differences. And they say, right, well, we come together because now, you know, we are as one. We're related. We're like cousins or something, or I think she's his auntie. So. Yeah, that should end. You're right. I just want it to, I don't I want it to be pure trust, like you said. And, um, because then think, there's no more yeah. bends the knee because then it's not a case of, you know, it's like him you and bend her. The knee. No, she bends the fucking knee. <laughs> it, it, it's them together. They, they can take it as a Targaryen pairing. Oh, and so then Thursday's really, really fucked because one Targaryen with three dragons is bad enough, but two plus all the the strategists that they've got, plus the Unsullied, plus the Dothraki, 
game over. I mean, is there any... I mean, I know you, you said to me the other day when we were talking in WhatsApp, there are other shows that you love and stuff that get you emotionally invested, but is there any other show which has the theories, like, the depth, the depth of characters is this, that really, like, it's got so much depth, Stu. You can, I, I you can't can, think of anything. You would drown uh, I, in I, it. Drown about, in the depth. I think about it quite often. The, the, the legacy of the show, when it's finished, will be the number of people who don't like fantasy who love this show. The number True. of people who'd never read like a Terry Pratchett book. Nope, me. Or would never read Lord of the Rings. Nope. But watch this show religiously and then rewatch it in between seasons and read about it online. George R. R. Martin's mind is beyond, you know, it's beyond imagination to me. To, mm. to write a story is hard enough. To write a trilogy of stories or a legacy of stories like this. With this depth. But, but it's the depth that he goes into. He writes about events that happened thousands of years before the story that he's telling you right now. And he doesn't need to. No. You know, the fact that they write now prequel books to explain the things that happened before the Game of Thrones books. That's how in, de- in depth it is. I, it just blows my mind. And that's why I want to read all the books or listen to them on audiobook because I want to soak up every last grain of information because yeah. it just fascinates me and not only that that they've got so much content in this like we've said and they've dropped so many little easter eggs that they can go and create prequels prequel well, shows it, it's already in talks to, yeah, to they've do got like five different ones but obviously only ones probably one or two will happen but how amazing that's like what, that's what you just said the depth is unbelievable i've never seen anything like it which is why it's so exciting like my wife was contemplating she's only just caught up three weeks ago like she watched it within two weeks all six seasons, and she's up to date now. But she was contemplating waking up at 2am to watch that. She's so excited. That's how excited she is. Like, someone who's never watched it is just like, bang, I I can't wait. Next week, I think what we're in for, people, from my point of view, is some real heart racing. Get ready. When you go to, when you watch this, make sure you relax to start. Not been doing any heavy lifting, nothing. Because I have a feeling, if we thought, you know, hard home, you were scared for John's life, if you thought, Last week, you were scared for Jamie Lannister's life. Um, I think next week, we have some really, really favourite characters going in to an all-out suicide mission. And they're going to be attacked. So, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting, but I think tense. And there's nothing better than that, though, is there? A tense, a tense episode of Game of, Game of Thrones. Oh, they, they, they do it better than most. And we're up to that point now second to last episode is normally where they do a big big build up and then you get the crescendo in the last episode normally, and then they leave you with some kind of a cliffhanger normally someone dies in this in the in the penultimate episode don't they so next week is a huge one yeah. i think it, it's it's quite common for them to do a big battle the big battles normally happen in, in a 10 episode season it normally happens in episode nine yeah and it's so. the sixth or seventh so you know what usually me and you probably probably the most creative minds or at least the ones that wander the most who's if you if you were a betting man if who's your bet on to die next episode um Maybe, maybe Sedavos. Because I wonder if, thinking outside the box, Davos has done so much for John. He's introduced him to Daenerys. He's helped him amass his troops. He's now brought Gendry in, and Gendry could be the final piece of the puzzle. He could sort of go off, and then it's like he's done his job. 
and he was saying before there was a couple of lines he used where he was um, he felt like no one was listening to him. Yeah. He said, oh, you know, don't don't listen to me. I just lived a long, fulfilling life, or yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, experienced. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe that might be their way of killing him off because he's, ah. he's sort of been bragging about the fact that he's lived so long, despite the fact that he's not really that useful to no, a that, lot of people. That would hurt, but I don't think it'd be impact. I mean, it would hurt, but it wouldn't be as impactful as say, I want a death to be enjoyable for once, not like where you get hurt. I want them to kill off Littlefinger next episode. I really want Arya to be the one to start and end the season with deaths, you know, with, with, with her list, because that's how she started it. She's done nothing of that since. But I really want her to be on the way out, just saying, right, that's another one chopped, you know, done. And Bran being really heavily involved in telling the story. And then, you know, that payoff kind of Bran telling Arya the truth about maybe John as well. And that's how it all kicks off, really. Because I don't think he's, he seems really awkward to speak to, doesn't he, at the moment? So Yeah, I loved... The um, I think it was Joe Simpson's last week when he likened him to Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, that was Amazing. absolutely brilliant. When he, he's he's transcended humanity because he sees every moment that ever happens or has ever happened. So he can't relate on a human level to your bullshit human problems. You know, my problems are everyone's problems. I can't think about this one thing. So he's become such a a detached little dick. But he now holds all of this information. He can destroy everyone all at once because he knows everyone's secrets. He can bring everyone down in one swoop. I, I was but he probably won't. I was thinking about this. Like if someone says, why should we believe you? You know, to him, in a, you know, like in the court where they stand and, and uh, Sansa was, and they were saying, you know, we want to, we want to pledge fealty to you. Like as in Sansa, not John. In that moment, if, if he says something in front of everyone and they say, well, why should we believe you? He could just take them down with dark secrets. Well, oh, yeah. you, you shag someone and you're, a, you know, this and that, and you've got 10 bastard children. Do you want me to go on? And they'll just bend the knee. They'll be like, no. Oh, easily. All he's got to say is, well, do you remember that conversation you had with such and such a body oh. the other week when you told him this? And they'll go, ah, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jon Snow, he's, the, he's my one true thing. <laughs> I love it. I just love it. I just... It's just so powerful, like you're saying. It, it, it's that's not a bullshit. That Bran, being the cripple of the show, is the most powerful person. And right now, I feel to just tie everything up. So let's see what happens. I mean, we've we've gone on for a long time. I've really enjoyed this episode because we've been able to talk about just tying some things together and some stuff Stu's been saying has just really just got stuff. Uh, out of my mind out and I, I just love that I love that when that happens on a show thanks a lot to Cam Branch as well for giving us this time early in the morning we started at half seven today to get this done we'll try and release it by lunch um, so those that have got up early and watched this show uh, have some content because this show is doing absolutely nuts on the site which is why I'm doing it so early every every week um, Stu thank you so much man you, you got up really early as well and you were really excited to do this it wasn't an episode like last week, I know you were desperate to be on that one, but I, I think I was worried about this week. I thought that this week could have felt really flat. Mm. What did how, you think, how, do you, how do you follow a battle it... scene like that? But it was brilliant. They 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 sort of slowed it down a little bit, but they've put so many building blocks in place for the next two episodes that and 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 you still got the payoff. You oh. know, John meeting meeting yeah, Drogon. So good. That, that's the, that's the whole episode just summed up for me. That that one scene, and that's all you need. Because I think in the past it very often gets criticised for the pacing, but this season has been 
faultless. Yeah, Every episode has been exactly how it needed to be. Well, critics, some critics have called it the best episode so far. So, you know what? Sometimes it doesn't need to have all the CGI to make it the best one. Or, but oh, sometimes there's there's little. There was so much info. Like we've like you could tell by listening to this show how much info there was because we're we're going off on these stupid crazy theories. They might be stupid. They might be right. Who knows? But that's what happens when there's so much info thrown at you and so many characters being put together in different that have so much lineage between them and and history between them that you want to talk about it now i mean yeah. the last thing i mean these episodes are more important as well that you can't have the battles if you don't have all this stuff that comes before it. and you can't get away from having these personal episodes because the cast is so big there's so many characters you can't just all of a sudden throw them into a battle without knowing why they're there. Like if, if Littlefinger does die next week, the payoff will be so sweet because of everything else that's happened over the last six, seven years, all the shit that he's done, all the conniving little moves he's made. And when he gets it, it'll be like Joffrey. Everyone will be going, ha, you prick. Yeah, it'll be one of those deaths that's amazing. I mean, like you said, I, I, I think things will kick off now, and, and we've been waiting for a real big battle, and I think it's it's coming next. Well, I think it's the mini one next week, because it's just... I mean, the other the other theory I had watching that episode with John and Drogon, and I think Drogon immediately has now some kind of affinity with John, and I think that John's going to be in trouble next week. Or they all are, and all of a sudden Drogon just rides in. Oh, that would be incredible. Yeah, because he's just remember like, when yeah. when Drogon came and saved Daenerys when there was that assassination attempt when she was in the amphitheater. Exactly, he feels oh, something. It was, he feels something. It, it was the heart, the sons of the harpy, wasn't it? And he just came down and saved that. That would be and she unbelievable. Just did it. She just, she, it, they just showed that she just looked in her mind, or she just, she just stopped and like I don't know whether she called him or she was just scared for her life and then he was there so- i think it was that i i think that the dragons have got some kind of a connection to targaryens and i think they knew that she was in trouble and if they showed up for john then that that's Mate, it that's me next, i'm next gonna week. have to take time off work because <laughs> I'll, I'll be dead there's no way right they survive next week there's no way seven people and a few other people that they've taken with them survive where they're going someone's dying someone's definitely exactly and also they've got to get out somehow how this yeah and it's got to be drogon it's got to be i mean that i'm i'm convinced but i'll be disappointed now next week but i know it but because i've never (laughs) i've never been right i'm always wrong (laughs) trust me nobody makes more predictions about things than me and i'm very rarely right but when you are right it's even sweeter because you're the only one that saw it coming Boom. Let's, let's hope. Well, that's it. Now I'm going to say thank you to you finally. Um, thanks so much, mate, for coming on and doing this early. I think thanks this is, uh, this is probably my most enjoyable one. Even the last week, people have said it was the best one. This was the most enjoyable one for me because just so much history, so much learning for, and, um, let's see what happens. And uh, hopefully you're back. Let's see what we can do next week. If it, if the schedule suits you, we'll get you back on. And, uh, I think next week's going to be, I might need a, a bumper one. You know, like we did at Anfield with a quite yeah. a lot of people. I might need to do a bumper one next week because it might just be the one that deserves it. Okay. Okay. So winter is here. They're right in the midst of it. Will they survive? We're going to find out next week on On the Box podcast, Game of Thrones series. See you.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 